0: But I just remember one night for dinner, we made crepes and we had wine and listened to music. And it was just sitting there making my own crepe and having French wine from some town that was maybe an hour train ride or a train ride away. And I just paused for a second, sat there. I'm like, I am in France drinking French wine, making my own crepe with a French family. When you have those experiences it's like kind of cliche, but I think it's just, it's really priceless to have.
1: Welcome to Jump Podcast, formerly known as the Budget-Minded Traveler. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey guys, welcome back to Jump Podcast. This is episode 110 and we're continuing with our series about learning foreign languages. And our guest today is yet another person um, that I've met on my travels. His name is Matthew. And I met him during my study abroad in France that I did last year. Um, So let's go ahead and say hi to him. What's up, Matthew? How's it going?
0: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm so good. Thank you for being here. I think it's Really cool that it's been nearly a year since we were both in France. What?
0: I said coming up on a year. Yeah, almost there.
1: Yeah, it was like March. No, it was actually right about now that I got to France. So um, I think I had just started and you were about to show up. Um, and I think this is going to be cool because we, you and I haven't really caught up all that much since then. And so I think this is going to be a fun a chance to sort of revisit our experience there and recap a little bit, and um, so yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to be a guest on my podcast.
0: Of course, it's my pleasure.
1: Um, and weren't you you listened to the podcast before? Isn't that correct?
0: Yeah, so I was. Um, <laughs> I kind of got the travel bug. You um, know, I, I I went into you know, dra- graduate from college, then went to law school, and just kind of kept my head down, just working, working. And then I started to really want to travel more. And then stumbled upon a couple of podcasts. Got to yours, and uh, and then we actually met up in Boulder. If you remember that one. Yes.
1: Time. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. France yeah. was not. I mean, I didn't forget about that, but
0: that's okay. <laughs> yeah, France
1: was not the first time that we met. No. That's right. You came to Boulder, and um, you forgot to pay your tab at the brewery. <laughs> I remember that. Um, Do you remember that?
0: I do. Uh, you totally dined
1: in Dash. I was like,
0: I don't, I usually don't do that, but I guess it's a quick no. exit. And uh, you like, texted me and you're like, hey, you uh, forgot to pay your tab." I was like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that's funny. That just, that memory just came to me. No, that's right. Um, yeah. I was there recording an episode with Chris from Pubcast Worldwide. And yeah. you came with a buddy and that's right. That's where we met. And then who knew that we were going to be in France, like, what, six months later? I it didn't was, know. <laughs> you didn't know.
0: It's that funny was, how life works out. I'll say that. <laughs> I know.
1: That's really cool. Um, so, yeah, we are here today to talk about that experience in France, um, which I I think the reason I really want to talk about this specifically, and um, I think it's so great that you're here to talk about with it with me, is because... Um, so many people think that, you know, like once you're out of college or high school, that your opportunity to study abroad is gone. It's like in the past, in the rear view. And that is just not the case, as you know.
0: Right. For sure.
1: Um, and this was the, what, second, I think the second time that I've done a program like this where, um it's just a language school. And so, um, the first, the first time I did this was in 2008, I went to Brazil to study Portuguese and I found that school by just Googling, you know, uh, Portuguese language schools in Brazil and started having to research like the cities and different places that popped up. And I did the exact same thing for France. I, um, learning French has been on my bucket was I guess I suppose yep. it sort of still is like I'm I guess I'm still learning whatever but uh, it was on my bucket list for so long and I found myself last year with some time and so I decided to just kind of do it and that is also where you kind of came into the scene because I put that out there to everybody because I remember in Brazil um, that it's it's kind of a lonely thing to do when you don't know anyone, you don't know the language and you're going to a small town. So here's the difference. Like if 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 we were to go to Paris, for example, and learn French there, I feel like that would have been a completely different experience than the one that we had because there are probably more people in the school. There's definitely mm-hmm. just more people around, yeah. like more going on. And um, the thing is, I don't really love big cities. And so I didn't want to do that. And so as I decided to do this, School thing in France. I I think I sent out a newsletter um, or I did something. I shared on Facebook. I'm not sure what I did. Something to say, hey, does anybody want to go learn French with me? And
0: yeah, I think it was uh, Instagram. I saw you on Instagram and I was like, I think I saw some posts. I was like, "Ah, that looks pretty cool. All right.
1: (laughs) I know. So, how was it that you decided to go? Because that's like, it was so last minute. I think I was already in France by the time I got an email from you. Yeah. And you were like, dude, I'm coming. And I was like, dude, awesome. Like I will see you on Tuesday or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. So it, it's kind of a, there's a lot of moving parts to it, but to, to make a long story short, I, you know, I saw you post that and I was like, you know, I studied French in high school and I, it's like that traditional, the way you learn a language. I was like, you know, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, a lot of stuff that I learned. And I said, oh, you know what? I would. I love languages and I'd love to be fluent in one and this looks like a great opportunity. So maybe one day, like I'll do that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll go to this French school. <laughs> um, and then I don't know what it was maybe like a couple weeks later or something. Um, just a sequence of events happened that just made everything right. I was, um, I was in a relationship and I was working full time and all that. But then all of a sudden I found myself, um, out of a relationship I found myself, you know, the way I was pretty unhappy with my job, it was just, I was there for a while, and I found myself not working at that job anymore, mm-hmm. and I just said to myself, you know what, It now is the time. Like, this is, everything is lining up for you to go ahead and just go, and then I was I'm going to be honest. I was terrified. (laughs) um, Yeah. I just said, you know what, just go for it and you'll deal with whatever other feelings later, just commit. And that's what I did.
1: That is so cool. Yeah. I, and I'm so proud of you for that. I think like, how cool is that, that you were able to recognize and set aside your fears and say, you know what, I'm going to do this because bottom line is you're going to survive. You know, that, you know, um, Worst case scenario, you learn a few words in French (laughs) and then you go home, you know. But um, I love that you decided to sort of make the most of your roller coaster that was your life at the time. And
0: yeah, but but, but the funny thing is, sorry to cut you off, but the funny thing is, is that um, what turned into me just saying, okay, I'm going to go to France and study some French. You know, I know, Jackie, you know. We hung out in, you know, Boulder area. That was fun. So let me just go do that. Maybe I'll go for like a week or so. Mm -hmm. Well, that one decision turned into a month long trip, me traveling through Europe. So Mm -hmm. I'm very happy about that.
1: Yeah, I definitely want, uh, um, I definitely want to hear more about that because you're, so I was there, I signed up to study for a month, for four weeks. And these are, these kind of programs you do by the week. Um, And so basically, if like for everybody out there listening, if you don't have any proficiency at all in a language, that's okay. You just start in the beginning level. Um, And then depending really on how the school works, they have like different levels that you can sort of test into or you can just start with. And I when I was there, so I was there a week ahead of you. I had already had a week of school before you came. And I was the only one in my class because there there were only like three students at the school at that time. And the other two girls were way more advanced than where yeah. I was. And so I and I had had like no French. That's not entirely true. I took a semester of French in college and I did some Rosetta Stone. But I mean, I'd never lived in France. Um, my fluency in Spanish and Italian definitely helps. But like I didn't speak French. I can understand a lot of it. So I was kind of like a fast beginner, I suppose you could say like beginner, intermediate. And so (laughs) what'd you say?
0: I said to say the least, you were really good.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, but it worked out because I had had a week then to sort of, I don't know, get myself settled. And by the time you got there, we were like at the same level. Well, I think we were. I don't know. I feel like it worked totally fine to put us in the same class. And that was so I can't even tell you, Matthew, like how fun it was for me to have a buddy. Because I I just I've I know I have experienced that before. Like just the school thing where you're kind of alone and like mm-hmm. it's kind of sad. Like it's it's just it's a hard, it's a hard thing. Like your brain is so freaking fried. At right. the end of every class that it's like, then you have to also live in that country, order lunch in that country, live at someone's house in that like all in these It's language yeah. that you like don't really speak. It's exhausting. And um, having a friend is like, pff, seriously, it changes everything. And so yeah.
0: I was so, so grateful.
1: Awesome. Well, I have to say too, I'm grateful that you're cool.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, I appreciate that.
1: um we uh I think it was it was so fun to have you in class and like to to get to go through that journey at least for two weeks together so you so I was there for four weeks like I said um and we did two entire weeks together it was only two weeks that you were there right
0: only two weeks Yep. yeah Mm -hmm.
1: um so let's talk about those two weeks
0: (laughs) yeah where to start
1: I know I know um Okay. I'm going to take a quick moment before we get too far into France today to thank our supporting partners for this episode. Big shout out to Tossable Digits, which has been a major problem solver for long-term travelers and people moving overseas who aren't quite sure what to do with their cell phone numbers. Tossable Digits makes it easy to keep your number while you travel by converting it to a virtual number, which means that you can easily cancel your expensive phone plan at home, but you keep your beloved cell phone number and then you can get a local number wherever you are and have any calls and texts forwarded to that number. You pay as you go. So you don't have to pay for anything you don't use. And they're offering a special deal for jump listeners, just $1 for your first month. So if you want to go check that out, you can go to tossable jump. And that link is also on the show notes page. Uh, let's also thank Pimsleur as we're talking about learning languages. You guys, I get that a lot of you can't just up and go abroad to study a language right now, like Matthew and I both did, which you're hearing about in this episode. However, that doesn't mean that you can't start or continue on your language learning journey right where you are. Pimsleur offers audio courses through an app that you can take with you anywhere. I've actually started the German course and what I love about it the most is how much it helps with pronunciation. You guys know that I'm a stickler for accents, and so far I'm having a great experience with the Pimsleur app and it's been super convenient for me to listen while I'm on a plane or in my car, at my house, or even on a run. Uh, you really can do it from anywhere. And the app also has flashcards and quizzes built into it that you can do to refresh your memory and see the words and phrases that you're learning. So it's not just audio, uh, which I definitely appreciate. You can try Pimsleur right now for free by going to myjumpoffer.com. You get a seven day free trial to test out the app for yourself and then it's just $14, 9 to five a month after that. So that's an incredible deal for what you get. So that's myjumpoffer.com. And that link is also on the show notes page. Um, Thanks for listening and helping me support these brands who are helping make this show possible. Let's definitely show them some love. And um, in the meantime, let's get back to France. Let's talk about how quickly you jumped on board with it, because this is also a really cool thing. Um, You sort of mentioned, and we had already, you know, kind of touched on the fact that like you did this pretty quickly, but this is, this is a really good point to make uh, because a lot of times, like after that experience, I got the question a lot, how far in advance do I have to book this? Like how, how far in advance, like how do they, how do they need to know? And I would say, unless the school you're going to is like, unless it's like peak season, it's probably, they're probably going to have space for you um, as one person, you know, like if you have a a couple or like a group of friends, maybe that's something you want to book a little further in advance because you have a higher number, but one person, they should be able to fit you in, you know? And so it's not usually about how far in advance. It's just like, you get to pick the date, the Monday of your start date, like at all these schools, they sort of just start on any Monday. Um, and you can sort of just fit it into your own calendar. And so that worked out really well for you because you pulled the trigger so quickly on it. Um, how easy was it for you to sign up like so fast?
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I, you know, you helped out a lot. You told me, you know, basically who to contact, who was the contact of the school, And I think maybe it was in a week time, I don't really remember, but a week where I reached out to the director of the school. And I think the biggest hang up was just finding a place for me to stay, just Mm. finding a family for me to live with. And once they set that up, it was just basically, when when are you coming in? And I told them and they said, okay, you're Mm -hmm. good to go. And it was was very Mm -hmm. easy.
1: And um, we made the payments after we arrived. So we didn't and that was the same for my um, Brazil program too. And I'm not saying that's going to be the same for every single school, but I, we did not pay anything before we arrived at the school. And, um, yeah, correct. That was your experience too, right? Yep. Same. Yeah. Um, and the options we had options as well for lodging for accommodations and you and I, we both opted to do the homestay, um, which that's going to vary by school for sure. Um, but this, S- these schools have like families or hosts, whether they're a family or not, that they usually have worked with for years. And that's where they send students. And, um, you, so you live with someone local, your, our experiences on that were so incredibly different,
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> which I was, I was literally <laughs> thinking that, yeah, I was like, we had some different experiences, yeah. which we world. can,
1: yeah, we can talk about that. But, um, The cool thing is, is that we did have choices. So you can opt to like find an apartment and live on your own if you want to, um, or you can do a homestay. Some schools offer like university housing, which if they're affiliated with some sort of university or somewhere where like lots of students can live together, um, I've seen that as an option. I've never done that. Um, I lived with a host both times. So let's talk real quick about... um, Let's talk about the advantages of choosing a host, like a host family, like a homestay. Um, Hmm. I think that... A
0: lot. (laughs) Yeah,
1: a lot of of advantages. Um, I think the biggest thing and the reason that I am such a huge proponent really of the homestay is that you learn a type of language in your house that you don't learn on the street. And that's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, how did you sleep or what? It's like the little things, like you yeah. go shopping together and you, um, or you go out together, you uh, learn the history of the place. Like you're hearing different things from the people that you live with and different phrases. And that's the sort of thing that you really, you like you don't get that in the classroom and you you don't get that with like a formal interaction at a restaurant, you know, it's like, this is the informal part of like inside the walls of your home.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they that- let down that, you mm-hmm. know, that it's they're in their home, they're comfortable. They'll, you know, talk, they'll correct you, mm-hmm. uh, show you different things. And I, and I, I think if you, uh, for me, I, I love travel and obviously, uh, you love travel too. And so beyond just learning the language, it's, it's also, you get that cultural immersion that you, um, that you wouldn't really get if you're on your own, I think.
1: Absolutely. There was, I want to share one thing. I, I, this is so funny. I just, I won't forget this. I had gone shopping with, um, uh, Zoe, my host, and I got these groceries and I get home and I'm cutting into a baguette, <laughs> 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 a cold baguette. <laughs> Matthew, remember the hot baguette story? Oh my gosh. That's right. Oh, oh. my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we like th- showered yeah. the every boulangerie and on oh, a hot baguette and they literally looked at us like what are you talking about?
1: I'm pretty sure we got yelled at at least once. That was like traumatizing.
0: That's accurate. Um,
1: yeah. But anyway, so I'm cutting into this baguette and I I cut a sli- like a slice of bread that ha- like half of it's missing. There's a just a giant hole. You know, that's how you know that it's actually really good bread is cuz it has holes in it. It's like <laughs> not uniform. It doesn't all look the same, but I will never forget this. Zoe looks up with this cheery voice and bright eyes and and, and says, in French, she says, oh, don't worry, you don't pay for the holes. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> they price the bread by weight in France. And so I just find it so funny that that's what she decided to say. Not like, oh, look at the size yeah. of that hole. Like half of your piece of bread is missing. She's like, yeah. oh, don't worry. You don't pay for the, you don't pay for the holes. I'm like, yeah, but I want to eat the bread. Like, I don't want to not, I don't want to pay for air. Like, it was so She's funny. Like, but
0: that's France. She's like, that's that's it. That's life here, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But that's exactly what I mean, like that sort of thing, you know, that that you're not going to get that on the street. Like that's just those those sort of conversations that just happen like in the kitchen, you know, and um, yeah. and the cultural the cultural piece. Absolutely. Um, but I will say. I am also a huge proponent of living by myself um, mm-hmm. on my own and as adults, this is the hard part about this um, as adults, we're kind of set in our ways. We know what we like to eat for breakfast. And sometimes in some countries, people don't eat that for breakfast. And when you're living in someone else's house, um, you know, that can be like a point of contention. It's like, well, do you respect the culture of the country? Do you just kind of stick with what you know and what, what you like? How do you find the balance there? And so I think there are definitely, and I I did struggle with that when I was in France, like just things that were like, wow, I am so used to being on my own. And here I am like in someone else's house and it's a little bit weird because I find myself living like, you know, under the rules of someone else's house. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. you can do anything for, you know, two to four weeks, um, whatever, but you gotta know what you're signing up for. And so I, the only caution I would say to people uh, about the choosing your accommodations is when you're signing up for a homestay, just know that that's what you're signing up for. You know, like um, commit to it if that's what you want to do. Like take everything as a learning experience and um, you know, you can always leave if it gets, if it gets bad, of course, like anybody right. can. Um, and you might have an amazing experience and, um, you'll for sure have a learning experience, you know, whichever way that it goes, but just, just be aware that like you are going to be living in someone else's house. And as adults, that can be difficult.
0: Um, well, it's so, interesting that you say that because, um, I actually had a, like, like an identical experience where, all right, for breakfast, <laughs> I, I like big breakfast. I, I like eggs yeah. and like all this, you know, typical, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have a big appetite. Um, and, but when I got to my homestay, um, she had got a cereal (laughs) cornflakes and she said like, I got you cornflakes. I was like, I I, I didn't tell her this, but I don't really like cornflakes. But she told me, she goes, yeah, I got you cornflakes because all people from America like cornflakes. Like that's sweet. And I'm like, okay, um, Sure. And uh, so then, I, and then, you know, it, so it was, like you said, the breakfast options or the food options, like it's there. you don't and you kind of walk that line of, do you want to raise, you know, say say what you want to say about it or you just be respectful and just eat it and go off and do your own thing? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a good point to bring up
1: mm-hmm. especially in a place like France, um where the culture is so strong. Um, I would say in Italy too, but like, I, I just, Italy, the culture is also very strong, but um, I don't feel like the people are quite this, I mean, <laughs> are quite as maybe, I guess, strict um, as French people can be about like their, especially their cuisine and just, I guess, yeah. the rules of their culture. Um, it's kind of funny, but um, so yeah, keep, I would say for sure, keep that in mind, Mm-hmm. I, uh, I can't say I wouldn't do a homestay again. Um, but I'm definitely at a point in my life where I'm going to question like, and look into it before I just sign up for a homestay again, because, um, cause I do like doing my thing, you know, and,
0: Maybe and you have the both worlds, like, you know, do half the time at a homestay mm-hmm. half the time on your own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not done doing this. I was just telling Matthew before we started recording that I'm thinking about doing German next um yeah in Germany
0: (laughs) just add another language there (laughs) I
1: know I love it I'm addicted it's just what I do it's pretty fun it (laughs) is you know what though so on the whole language thing um I mean I really learned so much it's it's cool because I used to speak I mean quote unquote speak French with a Spanish accent you know like Spanish comes through with with all my languages somehow and um I didn't ever think that I had a good French accent I wasn't sure I was ever gonna be able to even do it you know and you know what's so cool I totally totally picked up that French accent um I mean I can still speak some French I don't know if you ever practice I
0: uh, I tried I, I try to keep up with it. <laughs> it's so
1: hard to practice in yeah. this country yeah I mean well okay I'll, I'll speak for myself in Montana it's pretty hard Um, Although I do have, I have a a friend who's from France here and her mom just came to visit and she does speak English, but she knows that I like studied French and can understand French. She would just speak French to me and I would speak some French back to her. And it is so cool to listen to myself speaking French because that one month, I tell you that one month completely changed my, my French accent. Like I, not only did I learn a, a ton, I mean, I learned a lot in that in those four weeks of of classes, but um,
0: what was the accent. name Paul, French instructor? What was her name? Oh my gosh! I remember, she was she was tough.
1: She's so cute. What was her name?
0: She's so nice. Um, oh, I
1: don't Julie. Remember. Julie.
0: Julie. There we go. Yep. Yeah, she was great.
1: Julie, and she was from Paris.
0: Yes. Um, yeah,
1: which is actually I think pretty cool because since she she was my teacher for the th- for 3 of the 4 weeks and she was your teacher for both of those 2 weeks and um and i am sure that because of her accent is something you know has something to do with how i picked it up and um and you know what i mean in the french world it's super intimidating because there are so many different accents um but i would say if you sound like you know, like if you sound French or at least like maybe a little bit from Paris, I think they're going to be more lenient with you. I say that's not true. That's really not true. I think it depends where you go. Everybody's kind of the French are funny, really. No,
0: It's just, it's just persistence because no matter at least my experience, no matter because I went to I went to Paris after after the two weeks and i with you. Mm -hmm. Um, you you just have to be persistent because they're going to pick up an accent. They're going to pick up that, you know, you're kind of speaking a little broken French and oftentimes they'll, they'll appreciate that you're trying and they'll just respond back to you in English. But if you really want that practice, you have to be persistent and just keep responding to them in French. And as painful as it may be, and as tempted as you may be, just say, you know what, I'm done. Let me just speak English. You just have to just keep Mm -hmm. going for it. And that's how you learn.
1: That is very true. Yeah, that's very true. Even, even here, I mean, in the United States, like you have to be diligent if you want to practice because it's so easy to let it go and you've got to be persistent with it if you want to hold on to it. How do you think you're doing now? Could you speak to me in French now?
0: <laughs> I, I could definitely speak to you in French, but um, <laughs> if anybody who uh, is fluent and listening, <laughs> they're going to be like, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he's just saying random things. Um, <laughs>
1: Just saying random, random words. Like Wait, random turn left words. on this street and then go straight. <laughs> like, these yeah. are the things we learned in
0: class. We're talking about food, not yeah, Giving you directions to the Louvre or something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I don't even know how to try speaking in French right now. We could yeah. try it.
0: Uh, oh man, uh, <laughs> comment allez-vous? see on Floride. oh man it's not ridiculous
1: <laughs> what did you say
0: I'm here in Florida
1: <laughs> oh oh floride okay yeah, yeah. see that's yeah. a new one for me where were we Anglette. Um
0: yeah so it's it's not easy and um, with any foreign language, it's just practice and you got to keep mm-hmm. at it and it's it's tough. but I think it's very rewarding once you I, I remember that one time when I forgot where we were. I think we were getting lunch and it was one of your roommates. he was he met us we were at that was it a sandwich place or something. remember yes. uh, mm-hmm. near the ocean. Yep. and he was there. We just like ran into him. It was after class. And we had a full conversation, mainly you, but I, I was understanding, but we had like a full conversation with him in French. Mm-hmm. And I remember you looked to me afterwards and you're like, I just spoke to him in French like <laughs> yeah. the entire time. And I was like, yeah, like that was that was awesome. That's great. <laughs> so, so you get to have those moments like, and and, that, and those are the moments when you're like, the hard work pays off.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And it's like, you don't realize how much you're learning and absorbing until mm-hmm. it kind of takes over. And I think um, I'm like, I'm not, I'm definitely not as good in French as I am in Spanish or Italian, like a language I could just switch over to right now and start talking to you and feel pretty confident. Um, but if like when, for example, um, and I I, ta- I talked about this on the podcast a little, a little while ago when I was um, on a bike trip in Switzerland, mm-hmm. we started in the French speaking part. And, um, we were on the trail and we had stopped and this guy rode by and he stopped and he was, I think he was like worried that we were lost probably because we were looking at a map and we probably were lost. But anyway, he started speaking to us in, you know, you know, perfect Swiss French. And, um, and I just jumped right in and I responded to him and I was like, yeah, we're going to this place. Like. I think I see it here on the map, like we're okay, whatever. I I don't remember what I said. It wasn't a whole lot, but it totally came back to me just like that because he spoke to me first and I, and it's like, okay, I can do this. And I just like rattled off some things. And my friend Carly was like, I was wide, like, whoa, what did you just do? Right,
0: And you're like, I don't even know what I just did. I I did something.
1: (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing. The reason that works is because we immersed ourselves that does not happen when you're doing um like a when you just take class at a university or something like that you know like Absolutely if you not. don't live in it it won't you won't recall it like like i can like i think it's this recall thing it's like i've been in this place before i can do this like i i know this like somewhere back in that brain of mine like these words exist and i right. can
0: well for for example i'm going to say i'm going to say was it three words to you and you, immediately you're going to know what I'm talking about. And you know what I'm talking about because we studied in France and you don't get this if you're just studying anywhere else. Blanquette de veau. <laughs> right?
1: Yep. <It's> like- we-
0: <laughs> and so it's, you know, you get to, you get to learn about it, which, which for Blanquette de veau is a dish I think with veal, right? Yeah. And you don't, when you you get to study that in class and literally walk to a restaurant on the beach and see that as today's special Blanquette de Beau, and we're like, (laughs) sure, why not? I mean, we literally just learned about it.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because that's such, that's the absolute perfect example uh, for this podcast because- Literally that morning we had gone over, we were learning how to order food in a restaurant. We were learning all the things. What's the special today? I'll have that. Can I have this? Like, what's this? Asking these questions and reading a menu. And we get out of class at lunchtime. We walk down to a restaurant and we were cracking up because, because it was like our lesson come to life because literally the special was the special in the book. It was just like so funny and so real. We're like, you pinch me. Like, is this really happening right now? And it was delicious, right?
0: Oh, it was delicious. We had it twice. We had it I think we had it the next day too. <laughs> Probably. We, we we're on like a blanket yeah. devote kick. Like.
1: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. I remember that guy, that waiter, was really, really nice to us too. And he did not speak English to us. Even though I think maybe he knew some, he totally went with it. Like he allowed us to speak French and he mm-hmm. spoke French back to us. And I for thought sure. that was really encouraging. Like I was really grateful to him for for that. He seemed like super interested in why we were there, what we were doing. And I think he definitely spoke English. I don't know if he maybe said something at the beginning and then was like, wait a second, you guys are speaking French. I, okay. You know, like, let's do this. And
0: just went with it. Yeah. Served us mm-hmm. our blanket de Beau. And yeah. uh, <laughs> also the view wasn't bad either. It was overlooking yeah, right the ocean. ocean, So mm-hmm. no, not yeah. too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so cool. So... Let me ask you this. What were the biggest challenges for you? Because we've been talking about like how, how good an experience like this is. But what are the biggest challenges?
0: Um, so I, I think it's a lot. Of, I, I, I encountered a lot of people that spoke English. So um, I think the one challenge is to resist the urge to switch to English. And to really because it's not easy to speak a foreign language. It's not easy to you know, be put on the spot and have to talk. And so sometimes a lot of people just want to help you. They'll want to talk to you in English and you need to resist that urge. And then that temptation to switch to something that's comfortable and switch to something that's easy. Mm -hmm. So I I think that was a really big challenge for me. Um, I I think that's the biggest challenge is to, is to resist that urge to switch back to comfortable.
1: And on that note, we have to be transparent about this. We did speak English with each other, yes. Um, while we were there, but I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. with us, but but with the, I mean, with my hosts, um, they, I think they were a little bit more lenient than than Zoe. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, she, yeah, <laughs> she did not allow English in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with somebody who who tolerated English, and so I constantly found myself trying to say, no, like you're here to speak French, to actually speak French. So that was a big challenge for me. Mm-hmm.
1: It, that is a challenge. Did you ever feel any kind of click? Like, did it ever get easier for you? Cause it was such a short time. You were only there for two weeks.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think it ever clicked. It didn't mm-hmm. really get easier. It's just a constant grind, but which is, which is what I knew I was there for. So I welcomed it. Right. Um, And then I, and I went on to Paris after that and practiced it more. So, um, at some times I, by the way, Uber drivers in Paris, if you ever want to practice French, go see some Uber drivers in Paris. Like they will speak to you the whole time in French. Mm. So that's awesome. But, um, it's just, just keep practicing and just keep going at it. I think that's what I found.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I think the biggest challenge for me on uh, for this one was probably the homestay. I, okay. I, it was a good experience overall. I will say that Um, it was challenging though, because I am in a place where I'm like, damn, I kind of need my space and I, I just want to do things my way. And um, I guess I wasn't into being turned into a French person. I just wanted to learn the language. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't have to eat your pudding every after every <laughs> single meal. Like I don't know how you guys do it, seriously. Um, but you know, just like little You had
0: two? You had pudding after every meal? I had pudding after every meal. Oh man. Yeah it's just okay. a French
1: way. Like that's what they do. Yeah. Everybody has their little individual serving of super decadent, rich dessert after every meal. And I mean, I'm not even a dessert person. And so that's one example. The eggs were another example, the eating cheese and the wine at the same time and the bread at the same time. That's another example, you know, like little things that I'm like, ah, I just, I don't want to be micromanaged. Like I, I need my space. So I think that the, the biggest challenge for me was, was just the homestay this time. Um, And possibly the
0: I like we. I remember, I remember I was talking about that while we were there. Like we were just like, um, because you were. I remember I was talking that you were in this house and there was more people mm-hmm. and I think it was structured and rules and like you said, you. Just, it was hard for you just to be confined to like that one little room area. Yeah. Or else you're just constantly surrounded by, you know, other stuff. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there were more people in in the house too than than what I would choose to live with. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, but. I mean, that's sort of like I'm saying, like, that's why you, if you want to do a homestay, you just got to sign up and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the language, it, it definitely, let's see. I don't know if it necessarily clicked, clicked. Cause I've, I've had the click before. Like I know what that feels like. And I don't think I necessarily got that in French, but um, I definitely got to a point that it was way easier for me. I mean, obviously, I, I feel like that kind of goes without saying, but I guess I'm just going to say it anyway, you know, from when I arrived to when I left was just a world of difference for my skill level. And after I left there, I went to, um, in the Pyrenees, there's a little town that's basically built around a cathedral that's built into a cave. It's uh- in Lord. Have, have you heard of that?
0: Well, I, I, we, we talked about it oh, before t- you. Okay. I think, yeah, when we were, you know, yeah. we were making plans. So you're like, I'm like, well, I'm going, <laughs> you know, I'm going yeah. to Paris. They're like, I'm going to a little village in the pierce. I'm like, well, yeah. cool.
1: <laughs> Well, and I know that some people out there will know what I'm talking about. It's like a pilgrimage. There's like a, this is um mm-hmm. a some sort of, I don't want to get it wrong, but it's like a Catholic cathedral place where people go to like get the holy water and stuff. And yeah. so the reason I went there is because and this makes sense, it has super cheap flights to Rome because the yeah. Vatican, you know, Catholic, whatever. And so I got a $10 train to this place, spent the night there, went and checked out the cathedral and it is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left the next day on like a 20 euro flight to Rome. I literally, I remember adding it up. It cost me 38 either euros or dollar, I don't know, something to get to Rome from Anglet, from Southwest France. It t- cost me that much to get to Rome. That was awesome. Oh. But my point was um, that once I got to this town, I you know, I got to my hotel and I was able to ask, Like, I had all these questions for whatever reason about the room or something. And I was able to, I mean, these people do not speak English in this little town in the Pyrenees. And so um, I was able to fully converse with this guy, like asking him everything I needed, That night when I was out, um, I found a restaurant that was listed like in the Michelin guide and I got all excited and I went in and I asked them, you know, like if they if I had to make a reservation and what time they open and if it's okay if I come by myself because I was alone, you know, and it was just really cool to be able to do all of that converse and then go and have dinner like this awesome French dinner to know what was on the menu. I ordered duck like I knew what I was ordering. You know, it felt so good to just be able to
0: what'd it you say? Canard. Yeah. It's the word for duck, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Back
1: yeah. Um, it's so cool to just, I mean, after that, I'm like, man, this totally worked. I can speak French. I'm totally communicating. I can get by like, that's what I wanted to get out of it. And I totally, totally mm-hmm. got that. It was such a cool experience and it's not that expensive. Can we talk about costs for a minute? Um.
0: Sure, I I'll let you take lead on this one because I kind of forgot what it cost. Do me. you not
1: remember? I was going to say I don't know if I really remember, but I'm going to say was it's was a bad. yeah. I think it was about a thousand dollars for my homestay for the month. I was there for four <laughs> weeks, so it was, and they do it by the week, and it's like a set price, um, and that included what did it include? It included breakfast and like two dinner. Day. Yeah, so not lunch, which is why you and I had lunch out together like all the time. Yeah, never, um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So it included breakfast and dinner, and for the month it was about a thousand dollars. And I think for the month in school, my classes were also about a thousand dollars. So yours would have been about half that in both yeah, cases. Yeah, a little bit
0: less. Yeah, it was. I, I just remember getting the bill at the end. I think I paid like at the end. I was like, you know, what? this isn't bad. And especially looking back at what I got, mm-hmm. it was you know, it was great you know, for for what it was.
1: I mean, if you think about that French. Learning French has been on my bucket list, like I said, for decades. And it cost me, okay, a couple thousand dollars. That's not including, you know, my flight to Europe um, or like personal expenses, but to have a homestay, which if you were to, you know, rent an apartment, it might be cheaper. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be similar depending on where you are, I guess. And classes, and I was able to have that entire experience for a month. Check that off my bucket list. And it was like a couple grand at the end of the day, you know, just to have to to do that. Like, like, what is the cost of a bucket list item? You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's totally, totally doable. Most people spend way more than that on a trip. And that was a month. That's a whole month. Mm-hmm. That's a long time.
0: And I think you get You just get out so much. Like, I, I remember, like, for instance, in, in my homestay, one, uh, well, a couple nights we did it. But I just remember one night for dinner, we made crepes. And Mm -hmm. we had wine and listened to music. And it was just sitting there making my own crepe and having French wine from some town that was Mm -hmm. maybe an hour train ride or a train ride away. And I just paused for a second, sat there. I'm like, I am in France drinking French wine, making my own crepe (laughs) with a French family. When you have those experiences, it's like kind of cliche, but I think it's just it's really priceless to have.
1: Absolutely. I can, I can only agree with that. It like makes me shake my head and smile Yeah, because it's so real. It really is so real. It's so attainable. You and Mm -hmm. I both did it. We did it last March, like so randomly, both of us were (laughs) just like, well, that sounds good. I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. How easy was that? You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, it it was, it was so easy. I mean, it's, it's all just a mindset. And so it's you're, I think the only thing, if it's something that you want to do, the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. So if you just kind of fix your mindset and just put your mind to it and just do it, I don't know. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but Mm-mm. that's what I'm
1: I don't think so because there's a reason that everybody says that. There's a reason that everybody says, just do it. Yeah. You know, so many of my guests who come on this show and I ask them to come on the show because they have a story to tell, you know, like I'm you're here because you have an experience to share. And what happened with you? You decided to just do it. That's what everybody says to do. It's like (laughs) you're normal. I'm normal. Like we're all just kind of living our lives, you know, until you decide to do something extraordinary and you just do it.
0: Exactly. And then, then you got an experience that you'll never forget.
1: I know. How do you think it affected your life?
0: Um, I I think it's just, well, first of all, I, if I'm ever feeling like stressed or overwhelmed or, you know, trying to make a decision, you know, whatever it may be, I think, you know, I can recall this situation and say like, you know what? yeah, oftentimes when there's something uncertain in the future, you don't know how it's going to play out. The best thing is to just take what's clear, like the one step in front of you and let things play out. So it just gives you that confidence to just move forward and to know that everything's going to be okay. And and then also just to be able to look back and just cherish the memories that you had and the things that you because when you do something like that, it's you're taking that's for yourself it's, it's really just taking that time for yourself. And I think that kind of self care aspect of it, it's uh, really important. So I, I just, what I draw on the experience is just that time that I really took, did something for myself and I'm able to use it moving forward to just navigate through, you know, any, any uncertain or whatever situation in the future, just kind of say, you know what, you've been in that situation before everything turned out great. So kind of use what's in front of you and just make a decision and just don't overthink it. Just go for it.
1: Mm -hmm. And you can do big things, right?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can. (laughs) That wasn't, you know, I, I, after that trip, like, like I said earlier, I, I, from that trip turned it into a trip around Europe. Uh, I was, you know, just, just traveling around, making my way. That was fun. And, took some more trips after that. And yeah, you just, you just keep compounding on these experiences and it's just great.
1: Mm -hmm. Momentum is a big thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Just get started.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. Do you have a next trip planned?
0: Man, unfortunately not at the moment. I just got back. Well, I don't, it's not that far. I was in uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa, Florida area for Mm -hmm. a wedding. So that was kind of a trip. It was a good time. It was a, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine's wedding. Um, but uh, looking to um you know, make another trip, uh, I, I don't know where it's gonna be, but, yeah, I love traveling, so yeah, it's, it's be something great, whatever it is. It's
1: only a matter of time, yeah, oh, for sure. Do you want to go to M- Munich and learn German?
0: <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, uh where are we going? uh like let me move a couple things around my schedule. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> That sounds You're- awesome. You just get like an email from me out of the blue, like, "Hey, I'm coming to Munich."
1: <laughs> I, I'll be like, "Great, let's do it again." <laughs> yeah,
0: I haven't mastered French yet, but let's just keep p- piling on the languages.
1: That's right. Hey, that's that's one way to do it, and I'm not going to yeah. knock it because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so but you already um, have
0: you already have like Italian and uh, Spanish though. Mm. So. well, yeah, you, you can always that.
1: keep building. I'm an eternal. Yeah student of language, it's never going to stop for me. So, you know, might as by well the, just pile them all on.
0: Yeah. By the way, French, I think, cause I studied a little bit of Italian and I find French are like a lot more difficult than oh, Italian. Man. So, so you talk about that yeah. clicking moment. Mm. Uh, there was a time when I was studying Italian that things just like clicked and, and, you know, it felt great. Um, French takes a little bit more practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anybody, anybody who's looking to learn French, just know that it's going to take some work. But yeah. Worth it.
1: <laughs> definitely. My, I'm just looking at this blog post that I wrote after this um, experience in France. And like, it starts out by saying, I'm not, because it's called one month of study abroad in France. I can speak French now, which mm-hmm. is true, but it starts like this. It says, I'm not about to claim fluency nor perfection. Dude, this language is hard. Two words, French so prepositions, up. French prepositions. And two more words, a million silent letters. <laughs>
0: So many, yeah.
1: oh man it is hard it's definitely hard but you know what we can get by and you know that's a huge step in the right direction i think and so yeah. i i'm such a fan of these like little language schools and i'll put the i'll put the link to this school and to the blog post really up so you guys can see like more um photos and kind of read about what i how the experience went for me i'll put that on the show notes page for you guys if you want to check that out um but yeah it's definitely an experience that i would encourage anyone to do at any age it does not matter you don't have to be in college it doesn't matter do you have any advice for people who are considering maybe doing it
0: yeah i i well, I guess my advice would be if, if you're thinking about it, that's, that's the first step you're, it's already in your mind and just kind of evaluate your situation is, you know, how, why is it important to you? Why is it something you want? And if it's something that's really important to you and you're, but you're thinking, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, this is important or this sounds great, but now is not the right time. Maybe later is the right time when I'm whatever it is, X, Y, Z. Um, really be conscious of that because there may not be the perfect time in the future, like you say it will be. So the perfect time may just be right then and there. <laughs> so just def, I'm not saying like, don't just jump into everything. Definitely think about it. But if your, your mind is there and you're really thinking about this could be something for you, I, I think just take some action steps and see if it can work.
1: Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show and of taking a walk down memory lane
0: <laughs>
1: back to France. There, that was um, really cool, and I I think that that was uh, good for the listeners to kind of hear it from people who've done it, who have gone before them, and who can say, you know, it's a good experience. Go do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just just go for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm all right. Well, um, next time you decide to learn a language, uh, let me know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, already seeing, I'm already seeing you in Munich, so we'll, you know, just let me know the dates. We'll be there. <laughs> I'll see <you> awesome. There. <laughs> we'll have to do another podcast about Munich. I
1: know, I know. <laughs> okay, you heard it here, guys. <laughs> Accountability. Yeah, all
0: right, don't hold me to it. Don't hold me. To oh it. man, <laughs> I may not be there.
1: Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Matthew. And um, yeah, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right.
0: My pleasure. Nice speaking with
1: you. All right. That's it for today, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope that you were encouraged to continue on your language learning journey or inspired to possibly get out that Google search and look for language schools somewhere because you never know where you might end up. Again, you can check the show notes page at travelingjackie.com slash podcast podcast for links to more information about the particular program that I did in France um, with Matthew. And we have a very special guest lined up for the next episode. So don't go far, stay tuned, and I will talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening and safe travels to all.